Audio Gyan with Kedar Nimkar, a podcast that documents insightful conversations with Indian designers, artists, musicians, writers, thinkers, and creatives of all types. Catch us on iTunes or visit audiogyan.com for more Gyan sessions. Here's your host, Kedar Nimkar. Today, I have Mohini Mukherjee with us on Audio Gyan. Mohini is a self-taught designer and illustrator from Mumbai, and now based in Bangalore. She runs India Gig Indian Gig Poster Archive, a repository of posters created to promote independent music in India. She has been an exclusive artist at Culture Shop as well. Her work is affectionately dismissive of the pop culture and its common visual tropes and motives. So, to understand more about her project, uh, this uh, audio gan is mainly to document a case study of her. a uh, project or a side project we can call uh, indian gig poster archive so thanks mohini for giving your time and it's a real pleasure to have you on audio gan uh, welcome to the show thank you so much kedar for inviting me i'm glad to be here yeah um so as i mentioned uh, i wanted to just understand uh, what's your project about and if you can start by telling us what is uh, indian gig poster archive and then i have like bunch of other questions uh, related to this project particularly mm-hmm. and uh, i have three formats so one is a regular interview one is sort of i called it as in uh, audio gan case studies mm-hmm. and one is audio gan biography so in case study i try and go deep into uh, a project or a solution or like some sort of a innovation which is brought into design or any uh, any any particular side project as well mm-hmm. the idea is to document uh the insights and the learnings which you have from learn like going through like some sort of a project uh, on the side so yeah this is like a case study mm-hmm. so why don't you like uh, why don't you start with uh, telling us uh, what's indian gig poster archive all about sure so indian gig poster archive is like a little pet project of mine i started it last year uh, the idea came to me maybe in december of 2018 I just quit my job and I was looking for things to occupy my time and uh, then I started building it in about January and over the course of 3 months I ended up building this website the URL is indiangigposterarchive.in so once you go to this website it's basically a collection of a lot of the gig posters that have been being made across the years throughout India to promote independent music gigs that happen over here and there's a huge huge number of b- these being made like it's not a uh, it's not like one gig poster per week or something there's like tens dozens of these being churned out churned out every week and uh, i just realized there was no central place that uh, had all of these represented for someone to go look up or just to explore or even to find uh, different designers from so i decided to like basically i really love these gig posters i thought they were beautiful and uh, the kind of artists and designers i was working with at that time they were also like delighted by it so i knew how to build a website i knew some of these designers and i thought it would be nice to build a website that showcases all of their work that goes into this and that doesn't really get put out in front of uh, an audience otherwise so that's when i started building it by about march 2019 it was built out and uh, i launched it then with like a small video and an instagram page and uh, apart from that obviously there's the website so now it's been about a year 
uh, it's only had yeah. an online presence so far we did one like mini pop up with some posters but it's basically an online archive of the posters that are created for independent music in india and i think as of now we have about 600 posters and they're constantly wow. being updated uh, and uh, we have about 25 artists all the artists are credited on the website because that's the point of it and uh, it's always open to submission and stuff so yeah it's just a continuously building archive Mm-hmm. but uh, how did the idea come about when because you are a illustrator and a designer so how did the music scene happen mm-hmm. so actually before i was an illustrator and a designer i um, i was doing writing when i was in college and i was an intern so i was interning with a music magazine at that point and uh, obviously as an intern you do everything so i started picking up design and stuff over there also illustration too and uh, basically i i had been going to uh, music gigs for a really long time i had a lot of friends who worked in it i had a lot of uh, i worked with a lot of people who were heavily invested in the scene and there had always been artists and designers like creative kids who have wanted to be around musicians who have wanted to go to gigs who have enjoyed the kind of uh, community that that scene provides and a lot of them would respond to it more and more in the last few years but honestly as uh, as long as there have been bands there have been fan art right so people would mm-hmm. be like responding to it with their art a lot of these people would get picked up to create gig posters then and it was the kind of like perfect storm where the musicians were not uh, hiring like big time artists or designers or that they didn't have big labels to create like posters and promotions for them so they were looking for someone small and independent and uh, these independent uh, artists and designers a lot of whom were young and which is getting started they wanted like a creative outlet a creative outlet that kind of satisfied them because a lot of us get stuck with uh, agency work client work um they might pay better but they're not as uh, rewarding as say being able to design a poster for your favorite band so i knew how that felt i knew a lot of these artists and designers already because i worked at culture shop where a lot of my work was coordinating with them i was a curator over there and uh, they would create gig posters they would be beautiful and i realized that i would never be able to put them on display or sell them in any way because they were created for a specific band and for a specific event and um, then i just got to thinking i was like you know i am the only person who's like sitting and looking at all of these and uh, enjoying them uh, the illustrators are enjoying them by themselves and a small group of people who kind of follow these bands and these illustrators are seeing it but it deserves to be seen by like a much bigger audience and i knew i had the skills to put it together i knew i knew the people so then i realized like i needed to do something about it and i built the archive from there because the idea was always to give it like a permanent home because it's not like you can't find these you can look for them but you have to know what you're looking for you have to like specifically search for gig posters for this band and you'll find them on like a facebook event page or something my website basically gives you like a central place where you can go look it up by band by year by designer and then you can go look those people up to from the website hmm very interesting cool cool so uh like that brings me to the same like actually i had another question so are there any other um as in like how do you store these on your website i mean uh, what's like a archiving practice that you follow is it is it categorized by year genre geography mm-hmm. because i have a follow up question on that that how do you source these but maybe if you can since you have uh, mentioned about uh, like there are 
there are filters mm-hmm. to discover these posters yeah. so what's what's the process like uh, of archiving mm-hmm. or at yeah. least uh, if you can actually tell us uh, the entire process itself so how do you source it and then how do you uh, do you need any permissions from these people mm-hmm. uh, h- how do they give you what's the format uh, if you stumble upon something like in the in the internet somewhere mm-hmm. uh, on a facebook page how does that entire thing work okay yeah i'll tell you so when i was starting this i was uh, pretty excited about the idea i wasn't sure uh, how it would be received by everyone else but i didn't really care about that i thought the reward wasn't doing it so i reached out to some of the artists i that that i already knew who had existing work uh, so people like meera malhotra from bombay uh bhatchin from bangalore i already knew these people i knew they had been creating posters and they knew my work also so i reached out to them and i was like hey guys this is something that i want to build out and uh, i want to know if you think it's a good idea if uh, you're okay with this and uh, if you are then you know just i send them like a drive link google drive makes my life a lot easier and uh, i think it took them about a month but a lot of people were really kind and they dropped their posters in there for me and they gave me permissions Uh, a lot of these posters are not like created by contract so the rights of for them belong to the artists because they're the ones who created it so those are the permissions that i get from them i never uh, uh, ask them to monetize their work through my platform or anything i'm very clear that i'm only putting these up for archiving purposes it is just for someone to come look through and then jump off to maybe other things other artists and designers and uh, once i did that i did my launch in march and then after that it was just an open submission link and even now people just it's a google form people go there and you just have to fill out a few details about uh, who you are if you're the creator what your portfolio is and uh, then you just upload your posters this link is still there in our instagram page also and i intend mm-hmm. to keep it open as long as possible so that we keep getting posters and then once you upload them I have a system where i like uh, catalog them and categorize them each post that goes up on the website is uh, categorized by right now only two metrics it's just uh, designer and um, uh, genre no it's just designer and location right now but i'm working on like in the next couple of months on getting like genres added and dates added too so you can go to the website and you can uh, click on a menu see uh, say maybe pick posters from 2010 and you will see posters just from 2010 right now you can do that just with location and designer especially with location i think that turned out to be one of my favorites because you can see a lot of the small towns also you can see the kind of gigs that they book you can sometimes kind of see that it's just one organizer in one small town kind of pulling the scene along and so mm-hmm. you can do that on the website too you can go see what posters were created for chandigarh gigs you can go see what posters were created for lucknow gigs i think a lot of us are like stuck in urban bubbles so we don't see these but it's it's mm. out there so yeah i plan on adding more of those filtration systems genres especially because it's always interesting to see how the artwork changes depending on the kind of music it is and uh, while i don't think everything is like set in space there's definite trends that you can find over there and uh, then once it's up um uh, i let the artists know of course and uh, mm-hmm. i go through a process where i like post them on instagram so people come check the website out and stuff but yeah that's nice, about nice. it it's a very simple yeah, yeah. linear process yeah and and if i may know at what point uh, of the collection did people start like people started submitting automatically because uh, like 
if i am a i am a designer or like a illustrator who has made a poster mm. and i stumble upon this but there are only say five of them mm. i might be skeptical to upload thinking the credibility of thing like mm-hmm. of of uh, yeah. yeah so how did you manage to pursue or was there any number like you crossed 100 and then uh, people it was growing organically any any uh, trend there which you have learned or spotted Hmm. so i was like i said i was lucky enough right before i started i uh, knew some of these people and uh, they submitted the posters to me so i think i uh, launched with about 150 so oh, i was pretty okay. lucky that when it launched it was it looked fairly uh, legitimate um, <laughs> also because i coded it and branded it and everything but also because mm-hmm. all these people uh, contributed their work to it and obviously their uh, Uh, legitimacy added to it but at the same time i'm not like trying to sell anyone anything this is uh, i'm happy for people to use this as like a wikipedia just as like references to other people and other art that they might find so mm. um yeah and sometimes what happens is that people there are people who don't submit posters i come across posters that i find on social media that i really like and uh, i i'm just pushy i just get in touch with people i'm like hey i run this archive and i really think you should submit to it and more often than not people will submit if they don't submit it's just because it's a time issue that's all people are happy to see their posters up there nice 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 <laughs> and and um uh... So in a in a real world scenario what has been the insights uh, as to what happens I believe there's an article also on joint paper planes which uh, mm-hmm. where I borrowed this question from mm-hmm. uh, that what happens to these posters when the gigs are over so mm-hmm. typically what do these guys do with it the the either the band or the illustrator I believe the illustrator must be just creating and getting his is uh, commercials done and off right uh, or yeah pretty much is there, is there any yeah is there any royalty angle to it because the shelf life of these posters are uh, not long term right no no absolutely not there's this like really cliched quote that gets uh, shared around a lot about designers which is that graphic designers create the most beautiful trash in the world and uh, mm-hmm. i think like in a lot of ways that is true uh, especially with mm. posters Uh, I think abroad people sell posters as merchandise quite often, or the artwork gets put on merchandise. Over here, that's a little rarer. Some bands do it, but a lot of bands just make the poster. Like the poster is essentially a flyer for a gig. That's it. You're just advertising an event, and then once the event is over, um, the poster just uh, it doesn't really have anywhere to stay. So most of them will exist on uh, the creator's portfolio. Uh, or mm. the band's website. Very few bands have websites that archive their uh, posters. None of them do, in fact. There was one mm. label I found in Bombay, Bhavishyavani, that had like a uh, their own archive of their own gigs that they've been doing since like the nineties, which was incredible. But otherwise, bands mm. don't hang on to these either. Neither do organizers. So it's just there on some uh, Instagram feed, some portfolio hidden away, and. Mm. Uh, which is the problem that i noticed because i was like i know that all of that there's this huge amount of work that is being put mm. out for this one very specific purpose but uh, no one has like a central place to be able to see all of them to be able to see like the volume that's coming out the kind of work that's coming out so mm-hmm. yeah and and uh, so since you're archiving and everything is seen in one place i felt like buying few so uh, what like Uh, is there any angle which you have thought like paying the royalty to someone and then selling those because you have a you have like a back 
like a backstory with culture shop as well mm-hmm. so people might be willing to buy these ones mm-hmm. uh, even if they are not relevant today mm-hmm. but just for the sheer artwork mm-hmm. so have you come across something like that or is that something which you're planning to and it's not something i'm planning to do at all because it's something i thought about over this last year a cuz uh, the firstly the permissions are too hard to figure out while morally the right for all these artworks uh, lie with the creator uh, at the end mm. of the day they've been commissioned and paid for it by an organizer or a venue somewhere or a brand sometimes um it also has the band's names on it so technically it is their names that are selling the posters too so i just it just looked too complicated a mess to get into i like for one poster i would have to run past like seven eight people just to get permissions and i don't think um the amount of money that these uh, posters in sales would make for these designers is enough to trouble them with that uh but at mm. the same time i always encourage them to sell prints by themselves or through like a portal or wherever they need to because i do agree that people would buy these even with the artist names on them or with the dates and venues on them i think they're like a nice uh, like a it captures like a physical event and a time that happened you know and yeah, uh, yeah. yeah so it's not something i would ever do myself i encourage the artists to do it but it's just too much of a logistical headache for me to figure out Sure, sure, yeah, and uh, I know I understand there is just uh, it's just one year old, but um, can you share any like incident or a, like a small anecdote which is uh, where some people have stumbled upon some artwork and thereby discovered the band and that the band was revived? Has that happened or any any story which is like very uh, incidental to this kind of documentation? either from a artist exploration standpoint or like the band itself hmm let me think about this for a bit mhm uh maybe i can come back to this at the end of the recording sure yeah. definitely <laughs> i'm trying to think okay. of an incident <laughs> but yeah 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 and then uh, are there any domains apart from indie music which you have discovered that there needs to be an archival for that as well and this is just an idea for someone who's listening and want to start archiving some other stuff <laughs> i mean i really enjoy archiving uh, all kinds of things not so formalized mm-hmm. as i have tried to do with this website but uh, mm-hmm. i'm kind of a hoarder anyway i have way too many books way too many souvenirs i collect so i guess it's that instinct um mm-hmm. i it's not very formal but i guess i collect a lot of flyers i try to collect a lot of examples of graphic design i think printed graphic design changes really fast and it's uh, like i don't even know what format it's going to be in 10 15 years from now so uh, mm-hmm. formally do i collect things no but uh, i do think there's a lot of value in collecting like objects of design that will be like souvenirs almost of the past in a few years from mm-hmm. now the thing which i wanted to ask you was mm-hmm. that like when i'm doing research for uh, figuring out who should i interview I stumble upon different domains, and then just deeper research uh, gives me an insight. कि बस इनको भी record करना चाहिए. We should mm-hmm. like probably start a new new project altogether, which say probably documents just the tapasya which is done by sportsmen, mm-hmm. like a different different discipline altogether. Mm-hmm. Uh, similarly, while while hunting through or like just scouting for these posters, mm-hmm. have you come across any pattern which Uh, like of new things 
that needs to be archived as well uh, in the poster or the graphic scene mm-hmm. so i'll tell you what i have noticed in the last couple of years uh, like even outside of the archive is that a lot of uh, musicians are uh, thinking more and more about their visuals posters are like mm. almost a static form that are being created now they're just for promotional uh, use most of the time but uh, a lot of musicians are using live visuals in their set they are they are working with programmers and coders to create visuals that go along with their music there's a lot of incredible software out there that is being used for this now i'm not much of a coder so this was mm. not something that i could dip into but it was really fascinating to me to see how uh, interdisciplinary a lot of this is uh, when you go to this website there's this one band called sister it's not a band it's one guy uh, he makes like noise music he also designs his own posters a lot of musicians design their own posters which was something that was very interesting to me because uh, it seems like if you're talented and passionate about one aspect of art it seems to spill over into other aspects too hmm so i definitely think like live visuals is where a lot of people are going to be forcing uh, focusing their energy on over the next few years that is something that people should watch out for at the same time there have been much better music videos coming out of the indie scene than there ever have before this um those can be animated those are live action but those are also like doing some incredible feats that uh, had not been done before so far like if you know this band called the F16s they recently uh, worked with this artist called Deepthi to uh, make an animated music video for one of their songs and it did beautifully because it was done animation and drawing has such a personal quality to it that people can't help but be charmed by it and uh, it did really really well when they launched it so i'm hoping maybe animated music videos is something that people start pushing more for in the future sure sure <laughs> and uh, okay so this this question is one of my like uh, favorite question which i would like to ask is that uh, what do these posters tell you i mean have you found any pattern of uh, in fact if you can tell us like how far have you gone in archiving these this is, is this 10 years 20 years uh, and then have you seen any pattern of how the graphic scene itself or the language has changed in the last few decades mm-hmm. well yeah so when uh, the earliest poster i have on the archive is 1997 i think it's not the earliest i found but it's the earliest i got permission to post the earliest i found mm-hmm. was probably from the 70s but i could not track the people down who created it or even any of the band members but uh, yeah so that's how far back it goes like i said these posters have existed as long as bands have existed and it has changed very much with the visual language that people use of their times which graphic design always does so a lot of the earlier 90s stuff i have is like very 90s skater beastie boys it's very busy uh, there's a lot of crazy fonts in there lots of colors they're not worried so much about harmony it's about being eye catching and then uh, as like the years progress i will not say it's like a very strong pattern because people still have their own personal preferences but as the years progress you can kind of see people learning towards more graphic design more illustration i think illustration is really popular now uh, this guy called tejas menon he's pretty popular he all, almost all his posters are created by different illustrators so he's basically got mira malotra a designer to create like a logo of his name which says tejas 
And so that logo gets replicated across posters. And then on different posters, he just asks different artists to do their thing. And those posters do really well too. People usually want to buy those the most. So um, I would say there are some patterns that I see in genres. So this is maybe overgeneralizing, but the metal posters are very monochromatic and more dark. I would say the singer-songwriter or the indie act uh, posters are usually lighter, more pastel, more fun. There's a property called Sofar Sounds that do a lot of home gigs over uh, across the country. Like they basically do gigs at private spaces inside your house or in a cafe. It's supposed to be intimate. So you can see that the posters created for those actually... Uh, put out that vibe it's they're actually like smaller more intimate they're supposed to evoke this feeling of like you know you sitting in a living room listening to a band which is like a few of your friends so you do see some of that and uh, i will not say very strong patterns though i will say it gets a little bit refined but uh, ultimately i like that how i like how crazy and all over the place it is like if you go to the website and you scroll down it's a crazy mishmash of styles and uh, like i love that yeah yeah even i was quite fascinated to look at the collection of posters and uh, there's a very interesting interesting angle to it so you can actually if you have more than like say 1000 or 10000 mm-hmm. of these uh, then maybe the pattern will start to emerge yeah. uh, on on multiple axes one could be like the same graphic designer or the illustrator who's been mm-hmm. doing for a particular brand uh, for a particular band how his or her style has been evolving mm-hmm. and then at the same time how the band is trying to portray its positioning or how the band is trying to communicate what they want to do or what they're going to do in their gigs uh, over a period of say like uh, two decades so yeah there's there's interesting uh, thing which one can look after yeah yeah absolutely and in fact like you pointed out something uh, about designers individual designers works changing over the mm. years right so mm. i think a, one of the reasons why i can't find a pattern over here is because a lot of these designers and artists use uh, say a commissioned gig poster or if it's an uncommissioned gig poster they use it as a an op- as an opportunity to experiment as much as they can so either they'll do something that they really love or they'll do something that uh, they wanted to try out for a while that they never got an opportunity to because these posters are not very well paid for usually they're not paying their bills with these this is more mm-hmm. like a labor of love for them this is more like i love this band i love music i want to get a chance to do this and uh, so they use it to experiment as much as possible so maybe that's why i don't see a very strong pattern emerging for like uh, the, like throughout the decades because people want their posters to look different from everyone else's but you're right maybe on a long enough timeline if i get enough posters and enough data i'll be able to find like some threads going through them yeah certainly okay and uh, so how how has this side project help you as a designer and also as a music lover mm, good question so <laughs> as as a designer, it's uh, it's helped me grow and become more organized, I feel. It's made me have more faith in general about starting and creating my own projects. Because uh, while I built this from like start to finish by myself, uh, on the way I coded a website, I uh, branded the entire property, I collected all these posters, 
I then formatted them for the website, uploaded them, archived them, whatever, then made a video, put it out, promoted it. But at the same time, none of this could have been possible if like dozens of people did not help me and get excited about the idea and come on board. So that was really important. And it's nice to know that uh, the community in India is uh, happy to get together for something like this. I think sometimes we can feel like uh, we're all so busy trying to pay our bills that it can feel like just money is motivating us. But uh, no one was making any money in this case at all. So it was Mm -hmm. really heartening to see. uh, I... I enjoy the idea that our design scene has so much solidarity and so much support for when someone wants to do something or for when someone wants to share their work. So that was really nice to see. As a designer, it made me uh, go back to a lot of uh, threads of work that I had not done before. I'm not a video editor. I'm not a coder. So just technically, it was nice to brush up on those things. And obviously, like being exposed to so many posters, so many different styles uh, makes my work grow better also i know what i like i know what i want to try out more and uh, it's it's nice to have a community of people who care about something that seems so niche and so small mm-hmm. yeah no definitely definitely um, and as a, and you said i was f- as a music lover also right yeah yeah mm-hmm. okay so as a mu- i've um i've been going to gigs for a while now like maybe seven eight years and uh, mm-hmm. I especially enjoy live music. I enjoy independent music. I like seeing indie bands in India. Uh, I like small bands. And uh, I've while I've always liked them, my love for posters and graphic design happened later. And then uh, I'm because I have varied interests. I always like to have like different. I have I like to have my different interests kind of overlap in some way. This was a very mm-hmm. lucky overlap that I found for myself. And I feel like now, uh, as as a music lover, I would not say much has changed, actually. I would mm-hmm. not uh, say that uh, it has soured my relationship with music or made it worse or anything. I just enjoy it more. I enjoy that there are so many other people out there who know uh, what it feels like to get excited about a band and to want to make art for them and work for their gigs. So, yeah. Nice, nice. And since you mentioned that there's uh, no money, I want to conclude uh, with uh, one last question and I have like mm-hmm. a, uh, like, yeah, so what's what's the long-term future of uh, Indian gig poster archive? I mean, till what plan, is there any plan to this uh, or you just want to keep documenting, journaling and see where it goes? Because if you, if someone asked me about audio again, uh, I would just say that keep doing it. I don't know till wh- how long. And what's the what's the money aspect to it? Mm-hmm. But it's just for the love of understanding different people. So what's what's the scene with you? Um, that's a great explanation, actually. I absolutely like. I get enough uh, joy and reward out of this uh, just doing this as of now. But I do want to do more with it. I have been trying to find a place to do a physical show for it for a very long time. And I don't want it oh, to be like a regular poster exhibit. Uh, I want it to be uh, maybe at a live music space. I want there to be music while these are being exhibited because that's the context that these were created in. It uh, it makes zero sense for me to take these out of a gig space and then put it into like a white cubed gallery. Uh, even online, like I don't think it's the best way to uh, showcase it, but I'm glad that it's the best possible option for me now. But uh, yeah, I would love to have a physical home for it somewhere. 
um i don't want to sell it ever i don't want to turn it into an e-commerce platform but uh, it would be absolutely great if i could find a physical place uh, that would host this for a gig or a show or something so that's something i'm working on but uh, that will definitely be long term because there's a lot of things to put in place for that superb superb and this one question which i had uh, and after having this conversation it's a separate story but still i would like to ask uh, because what happens is when i am trying to find out guests uh, or who can potentially come on audio gan and speak uh, mm-hmm. suddenly if there's some design event which is happening and i stumble upon that link mm-hmm. and see like some 20 speakers out of which 5 to 10 are resonating and i can just quickly connect them through say linkedin or similarly what happens uh, when you look at like a pile of posters which are just there uh, have you found anything something like that in some library just 15 20 poster ek sath dikh gaya and you can just imagine wow these 15 are just going to go on the website now has uh, uh, yeah it has that sort of moment yeah yeah it, it does happen sometimes it's my favorite part of the process <laughs> uh, finding something and then uh, getting really excited because i've maybe found it first um so mm-hmm. for example uh, this label so this happens in like a few different contexts it can happen digitally and it can happen physically so i'll tell mm. you digital first digitally um i found i told you this label called bhavishyavani records so they've been uh, mm. doing gigs in bombay since the 90s they're a collective of djs they're still around they run a creative agency also and they still do gigs and uh, they used to have the craziest posters like one poster that i really really loved for example was a photo of the back of a bst bus in bombay except you know mm-hmm. at the back of the bus they have like this advertisement like a uh, banner basically placed on the back of the bus they photoshopped that entire thing out that was their poster so it was just like details wow. of the gig so i mm-hmm. love that people were having this kind of fun with it i really enjoyed finding that it's still up on their website if anyone wants to go check it out it's a huge archive and as far as i know the only other people who have like done the work of archiving their posters um mm. one other time i there was this band in india from the 70s called atomic forest i hope i'm getting the 70s right it might have been and yeah i think it was the 70s they used to play mm-hmm. at like uh, not just jazz by the bay in on marine drive in bombay which is now pizza by the bay so mm-hmm. it was like a real old pioneering band right uh, a lot of these members i could not get in touch with they've like moved on to the us they don't understand why someone sitting back home in india is interested in their history but uh, mm. i did find posters from their gigs in the 70s where they would perform in bombay and what was really funny for me to find out was that some of these posters were sponsored by cadbury so if oh, the right. poster said if you show up with one five star rapper then you get this level of seat if you show up with three five star rappers then you get this level of seat and if you show up with seven then we put you in front row so wow. that was mm-hmm. really funny to me to see that bands have uh, i mean brands have been trying to ride on the coattails of independent art for like decades at this point that part has not changed wow wow yeah. that's really really interesting yeah and like physically i enjoy stealing posters as often as i can because i know they just get thrown away in trash so if i go mm-hmm. for these gigs and there's a poster lying around if it's on the po- if it's on the walls i take them <laughs> i have about like 7 8 of them lying at home maybe that could be wow. part of my physical show but i would encourage anyone like if you see a poster and you like it just take it off the walls because they're just going to throw it away the next year 
sure sure i'll now probably help uh, in some way if i can collaborate but yeah <laughs> it's it's overall uh, i think uh, this is a good note to end uh, this uh, it's 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 really fascinating and uh, what you're doing and all the best um, and yeah thank you thank you for giving your time thank you so much i don't know how to conclude these conversations <laughs> as well yaar it's just like i end up ad- abruptly but uh, yeah thanks yeah <laughs> i can co- conclude like my end of it for you guys please uh, yes. go see the website and if anyone knows a physical space that would be great to have a show for this let me know sure sure yeah. you can in fact follow uh, mohini uh, on instagram at uh, @mohinimukherjee uh uh and the project on uh, at the rate india gigs poster archive on instagram india. and the website is also india gig indian gigs archive poster no no wait indian gig poster yeah. archive if you google yeah. it it'll show up there's no other yeah. uh, website yeah. with uh, those uh, terms yes yeah indian gig poster archive dot in yeah all right thank you uh, mohini it thank was so uh, fun talking to you and uh, yeah All the best for your project. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. That's it. And that's it from today's Gyan session. Catch us on iTunes, Savan, Stitcher, or any podcasting app you use. Do rate us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Stay tuned for more Gyan on AudioGyan dot com. Till then, bye. Hello. It's been a great week on the IVM Podcast Network. On this round is on me. Gauri is joined by Shweta Nanda. They talk about the financial independence and how it is to be a woman entrepreneur. On Anish thing, Anish welcomes ultra marathon runner Shivani Gharat. Shivani shares her journey of how she ran her first marathon, the mindset of a runner, and what it actually takes to run a full marathon. On Cock and Bull, Cyrus, Naveen, Akash, and Shreyas talk about the Korean band BTS serving in the military and its repercussions. On Think Fast, Varun and Suchita discuss Wing Greens and their latest acquisitions, and about the Indian sexual wellness market. And on Shuni One, Sheila Dutia is joined by Dinika Bhatia, CEO and founder of Nutty Gritties. They talk about coming from a business family and Dinika's journey in creating healthy and guilt-free snacking. Once again, don't forget to visit our merch store on ivmpodcast.com. We have some exciting new merch out there for you. Also, do follow us on social media. We are IVM Podcasts on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And do remember to spread the word about these shows and any other shows you might be listening to. Appreciate them, rate them, and review them wherever you are listening to them. You can also check out all our other shows on YouTube.com/slash/IVMPodcasts. And finally, we would like to thank our sponsors this week: Volvo XC40 Recharge, Bumble, Heads Up for Tails, Kotak Privy League Program, and HDFC Mutual Fund. Thanks, guys. Without you, this would not be possible. Do you often find yourself surrounded by conversations about web3, blockchain, NFTs, DAOs? What are these terms and how do they affect our future on the internet? So many questions, but don't worry, we've got answers to all your questions. Hi, I'm Eklavya Bhattacharya and on our show Future Proofing, we try to decode the impact of these future technologies on various industries with experts and tech enthusiasts. Tune into new episodes coming out every Thursday on the IVM Podcast app and the website or wherever you get your podcasts from.